Cool. Okay, so, hey everybody. Um, good evening, uh, good night, good morning, depending upon where you are uh, and when you're watching this. Um, so, uh, uh, welcome to our 40-week endeavor into the uh, Christ Our Pascha Catechism. Um, for those of you who who do not know, right? So this is the Christ Our Hope Pascha, uh, Christ Our Pascha Catechism. Excuse me, um, great catechism. Unfortunately, if if many of you are trying to find this particular catechism, um, you're not going to be able to find it. So um, my apologies on that. I did uh, I did point point you to um, the I Praises uh, app. It's a great app, actually. And uh, basically, what you can do with that is you can go on there and you can um, you can pull it up on your phone. Let me see if I can pull it up real quick. Uh, we've just come so so far with technology, and this is a great thing. You can just have it with you. You can read it. Okay, so uh, this is the i. Let me see if I can do that. So that's the i praises app right there. So you're gonna click right there, right, and then this is the actual like front page and if you click right down here you, well, you can scroll up you see the Christ our Pascha catechism right there you can click on it and there's the full thing right there so um, I know this is I'm doing this also in, in a podcast okay so um, those of you that are on the podcast and are unable to uh, to kind of see like you're probably like what in the world was he doing right um, uh, just just go to the Apple Store or the App Store, whichever, whatever you've got, right? And put in the iPraises, iPraises uh, app or just iPraises, and it'll come up with uh, a little uh, yellow and and uh, blue-looking church steeple thing. And it'll have the – it has your daily prayers in there. Um, so it has it both in Ukrainian. It has a Ukrainian text there and also has it inside the English, um, which are – those are extraordinary. Uh, you can sit there. Uh, you can you can pray your daily prayers right there from your phone, right, which is awesome. Or you can uh, even read the Christ our Hope, uh, Christ our Pascha Catechism on your phone as well. Again, a great a great opportunity, great read to take it with you. Um, another option is um, I think that you can actually go online and you can actually look at the um, you can actually look at the uh, let's see if I, let me see if I can pull that up real quick. But you can actually go online and and actually find it as well. So, um, and, and you'll find it in a digital format. If you want to take it, take download the PDF, take it somewhere, maybe print it off. I'm not just just so you know, I'm not saying to infringe on any copyright laws. But what I am saying is, is um, you know, I, I don't think anyone in the church is going to get upset because you wanted a copy of the catechism. You know what I mean? We kind of we kind of make those make those uh, uh, available so that you actually know your faith. Um, let me see here. I was trying to just see if I could maybe find something on that real quick. Um, um, just trying to see if I can find this. Yeah, you, you know what? Let me, let me do something. Let me, let me just, um... I'll look for it later, and then I'll put it inside the, the show notes for later. How about that? And I'll put it on the show notes for the 
uh, for the actual uh, Christ Our Pascha, uh, excuse me, uh, the podcast, I'll put it down there as well. So we'll do that. Um, I'll get it for you guys later. So uh, yeah, so a little bit introduction, um, I guess, now that I kind of got through all that. Uh, so uh, my name is, uh, is, is actually Adam Cook. Okay, I go by Anthony. Um, I am a uh, lay Dominican of the St. Vincent Ferrer chapter um, in Georgia. Uh, I am a member of the Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church, right? Um, I do not speak for the eparchy. I don't speak for the church. You know, I am, I am just, I'm here as a, a catechist, basically, to, to teach you um, this catechism. I have a Master's of Arts in Catechetics and Evangelization from Franciscan University. Um, so I was trained by the, the great Scott Hahn and, and the rest of the great uh, faculty up at uh, Franciscan University. Um, Well-versed in Palamas. Uh, even though my order is mostly Thomas, um, I am actually a Palamite, not a Thomist. Um, Gregory Palamas, to me, provides the, the really the... the the, the means of obtaining true deification. So, um, and I know there's several debates about that, so we won't get into that. But anyway, so uh, I am a Paulamite. I am a uh, true uh, uh, diehard, so to speak, uh, Ukrainian Greek Catholic. I, I am not of Ukrainian heritage. Um, I do have some Ukrainian ancestry, but it's very distant. Um, and yeah, so that's it. So let's talk about real quick what we're, how this is going to go. So, um, I'm going to start at 8 o'clock. We will throw the live stream on. And um, I am actually recording this via podcast as well. Um, so if you are interested in the podcast version, right, or if you want to re-listen to it later, you can listen to it on our podcast, Christ Our Hope. Okay, you can find that on uh, Apple Podcasts right now. I'm trying to get it on Spotify. I don't, and, but uh, you can also find it on rss.com. Uh, yeah, rss.com. You can find it on rss.com. Another option for you to be able to, 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 to listen to it there. Um, I also am, am putting them all on um, this channel, on the YouTube channel. So there's another opportunity for you to, to join, for you to, to uh, watch um, or listen or whatever the case may be. So um, I do provide these uh, this catechesis completely free charge, okay? So I know um, some of you may have moved, gone over to our Locals website, locals, uh, ChristHerb.Locals.com. Um, you can, you're more than welcome to sign up uh, as a member. It is free. Uh, if you want to, uh, some of the articles that we do and some more in-depth stuff that we do, um, then it is a subscription. Um, I do that just primarily the, it takes time and effort to, to put all that stuff together and that provides me a little bit of, of um of of not really income because all the money goes towards uh, further evangelization efforts or, or or hospitality ministries um so right now we're trying to get more toiletries uh, so we can hand them out to the homeless in atlanta it's starting to get uh the, theirs actually started cooling down today it was like 81 degrees so uh, we're going to start trying to get those toiletry items so that we can hand out deodorant toothbrush toothpaste stuff like that out to our um out to the homeless here in atlanta so um doing the live stream here you can look over to your uh right and you'll see that um 
you are more than welcome to chat. So if you have any questions in the process of 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 this show, then just feel free to to put it there, uh, to to type in, chat in, whatever. Um, we'll be uh, more than welcome to answer any of your questions. In the event that you're watching this um, after it's already been recorded, you're more than welcome to comment, and we will uh, answer your questions as well. So, anyways, so let's get started. Um, let's start in, with a prayer in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Heavenly King, Counselor, Spirit of Truth, everywhere present and filling all things, the treasury of blessings and giver of life, come and dwell within us, cleanse us of all stain, and save our souls, O Gracious One. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, so let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So today we are going to visit um, Articles 1 through, um, one through 11. Yeah, Articles 1 through 11. Um, these 11 articles really cover two primary themes that I want us to address tonight, right? The first is the symbol of faith, right? Also known as the creed, which comes from the Latin word credo. Um, so we are going to uh, talk about the symbol of faith, right? And we're also going to talk about the anaphora of St. Basil, okay, the great. So the anaphora... The anaphora is an important part of the liturgy, right? Um, it is uh, the it is really the prayer um, that takes place um, in which we um, remember the saving event. Okay, in the context of the story of, of all of creation, right, and of the salvation of the world, right? We by by the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we are. Uh, we are listening, we are, we are understanding, we are reflecting upon what God has done inside of salvation history, right? So uh, we're going to talk about these two things, and these are going to be the two pillars that we talk about. I'm not going to go into a massive, in-depth understanding of the anaphora of St. Uh, Basil the Great or St. John Chrysostom. We will talk about the anaphora of St. Uh, Basil the Great. This is very true, but I am not going to go into any any in-depth uh, view of of this particular um, uh, this particular prayer. Right? It's very long, and we we just don't have time. I mean, there's been entire theses um, written about the anaphora. Um, so there's just so much that we could go into with the anaphora. Um, what we are going to talk about is its importance inside of our faith, our understanding of our faith, and how it formulates our understanding of the, the catechism, how it's going to help us walk that path, right? Because um, they do, they do work, work together. Okay, so uh, let's, let's go ahead and, and start, right? So what is the symbol of faith, right? What is the symbol of faith? So the symbol of faith is um, a, a prayer, right? Or rather, it's actually a profession of faith that every Christian uh, was and is required to take, right? So basically what it states is it declares that it declares the Holy Trinity, okay? So it is Trinitarian. Um, it is Christocentric because it declares Christ and declares uh, Christ's um, centered, 
sinner and by his activity in the work of salvation history, right? And it expounds upon uh, some of the basic necessities that we need to believe in order to have salvation. So, the uh, it is called the Niceno-Constantinopolitan Creed, or symbol of faith. And the reason being is because it came out of the first two ecumenical councils of Nicene, or Nicaea, and Constantinople. Okay? So these were uh, these were early councils in 325 and 380 that were um, instituted so that we could uh, have a more under deeper understanding of our faith and specifically of of Christ and Christ and Christ's nature, right? So the early heresies that were running about the biggest one was the Arian heresy uh, from a priest named Arius who taught that God or excuse me, that Jesus was not the Son of God, right? But rather, he was like a, he wasn't a creature either, but he was basically like a sub-creature almost, okay? And so, naturally, the church had some problems with this because that's not the way the churches ever had ever viewed uh, Jesus. They always believed that he was the Son of God, right? So, what happened? Well, short story short, um, in 325, all the bishops of, of the Christian East and uh, the, the, the Pope of Rome also sent uh, legates to Nicaea, and they talked about it. And out of that first working was, a, was the Nicene Creed, right? And that became the first draft, basically. Um, roughly 50 years later, we see something else happen, um, another heresy popping up, and a part of the Nestorian heresy. And so, basically, what happens is, is the church, in order to clarify teaching, adds a few more verses. Uh, primarily, the ones that uh, we see added is light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, one in being with the Father, right? Through him all things were made. And so, these additions to the Nicene-Constantinopolitan Creed, as it now became uh, known as... Uh, became the creed of the entire church. So all of Christianity declares the symbol of faith. So that is both East and West. Uh, so ourselves as Eastern Catholics, uh, the Roman Catholic Church, uh, they do have the addition of what's called the Filioque Clause, which adds, and the Son, um, which if, if, you know, even in some Ukrainian parishes, you will hear it added. Um, and, but for the most part, it's not. We, we don't typically say the and the sun portion inside of the Eastern churches. Uh, that's mostly our, um, our uh, Roman brothers and sisters. Um, very simply put, very simply put, when we declare that the symbol of faith, okay, and we call it the symbol, the symbol of faith, we mean that every word of the creed not only conveys a specific concept about God, right, but rather it, it leads us into the mystery of the divine reality, which is true reality, right? So what we're talking about here is that, that God, that when we, 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 we proclaim the creed, we are, we are actually learning something about God, right, about God. It does convey a concept, but it's leading us deeper into this, this relationship with God 
by coming into oneness with God and knowing God's own divine reality. We read within the Floral Tridion, and this is in Article 4 of the Catechism, it says, The Apostles' preaching and the Father's doctrine confirm the Church's one faith, and wearing the garment of truth woven from theology that descends from on high, she rightly imparts the mystery of godliness and sings her glory. Let us continue to uh, an actual text from St. Augustine of Hippo, right? A Western father. It says, The profession of the symbol of faith is the prayerful contemplation of the church and the sign of unity of Christians in faith. St. Augustine says, Let your symbol of faith be, as it were, a mirror to you. Therein see yourself, whether you believe everything you profess to believe, and so rejoice day by day in your faith. So one of the interesting things that um, <clears throat> we, we must understand, and this is one of the reasons why we don't allow... Um, you know, sometimes people have that question, well, why don't we allow uh, our Protestant brothers and sisters to receive the Eucharist? Why don't we allow um, non-Catholics, basically, to not receive the Eucharist? Well, the fact is, is that, um, the fact is, is that it, our Protestant brothers and sisters are not in communion, but it's not just that, because we do have communion, well, we, we allow communion from the Orthodox, and so, one of the things that we have to understand, right, is that one of the things that we have to understand is that not all Christians believe the creed, the symbol of faith. They, they don't. They don't believe everything in it, right? And so because they don't believe everything in it, they, they can't have communion with us, right? I'll give you an example. Um, I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Okay, so I can tell you right now that that second sentence that says, I acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, that is not followed by uh, actually many people that I've actually ran into. Um, in the Protestant churches, uh, that's that's not been a thing, right? So what's interesting is, is that you know, several Protestants that I've talked to, even recently, uh, excuse me, was that they they say that um, basically, if you have sin, right, you just get rebaptized again. So they will keep baptizing and the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit over and over and over and over and over again. So they don't believe in just one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. They believe that you have to baptize, and then if you sin, then you have to get rebaptized, and if you sin again, you got to get rebaptized. Whereas inside of the Catholic faith, we don't have that. We have one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. That's it. Whenever we confess our sins in confession, we are returning to the original baptism, right? And Christ is absolving us from our sins, right? Now. Uh, in many of the church fathers, it is likened to being a second baptism, right? But for the most part, it's not a second. It's not a second baptism um, in in the in the way that baptism itself leaves an indelible mark upon the soul and separates it and keeps it for God Himself, right? So so that's not a reality um, with with reconciliation. Baptism it is. 
with baptism, you have been set apart for God, right? And because of that, because of and because of your baptism, right? Um, reconciliation is the means of of when you sin to coming back into communion with God and with the church, right? Because and some people say, well, why do I need to come into communion with the church? Why can't I just fall on my knees and pray and come into come into union with? Why can't I just come into union? with uh with 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 god right and, and that's it right and, and the simple fact is is that while that's all fine and dandy um you have you can't just come in come into union with the head and not with the body right because the head and the body are one right so whenever you come to reconciliation you come into reconciliation through the community of christ which is the body of christ and from the from the body, right, communicate communicated to the head, right, and the head is the one who grants the absolution. Inside of our church, and inside of the rite of reconciliation, actually, um, an interesting thing is is that um, the the actual rite of, of reconciliation. I don't think I have it. I don't think I have it readily available. But the priest, unlike in the Eastern, excuse me, in the Western rite, does not say, I absolve you from your sins. He says, you are absolved of your sins through me and unworthy, uh, uh, his unworthy servant, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? Or something along those ways. I, I'm, I'm not a priest. I don't, I don't say the rite of reconciliation. Uh, I don't, you know, all the time, you know what I mean? Um, so... But we see that, right? So that's important. That's very important. So the symbol of faith, whenever we go to church, right, and we are participating in the rite, we recognize and understand that the symbol of faith is our profession of the faith. Its location in the Divine Liturgy, and let me see if I can actually pull that up real quick because uh, that is actually really important. Um... So its location inside of the liturgy also is is also telling of of its importance, right? Um, so typically, whenever we do the um, the um, the symbol of faith, excuse me, thank you. Um, it is. Right after the, profes- the the procession of the gifts, right? So what happens? So let's let's kind of take a walk into the divine liturgy. So we go into the divine liturgy. We sing, "Let us uh, mystically, let us who mystically represent the cherubim." Right. The deacon comes out. He says his litany. Right. And then he goes through and. He begins the anaphoral praises, right? He says, peace be with all. We say, and with your spirit. Let us love one another so that we may be of one mind in confessing the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, one in being and undivided, right? And then the deacon says out, the doors, the doors, in wisdom, let us be attentive, okay? 
let's pause there, right? And let's listen to this. The doors, the doors, and wisdom, let us be attentive. Excuse me. What we are seeing here is that the deacon is calling us, he's calling us to pay attention to the things that we are about to say, right? And this happens anytime that we are about to enter into the mystery, right? And this mystery is wholly important for our salvation, right? So, give you an example. If we go back to the liturgy um, of the catechumen, which is the very first section, right? Right before... Right before the Holy Gospels is about to be read, right? He said, the, the deacon says, wisdom, stand aright, right? So he's calling us to wisdom. He's calling us to listen for wisdom is being proclaimed and that we need to stand aright. We need to open our ears, right? We need to pay attention to what is going on. The blessed entrance has just happened, okay? And now... Um, we are about to listen. Again, when we are about to listen to the epistle, the deacon yells, wisdom, right? We go back to um, uh, right before the alleluia, and he re- say, says, wisdom, let us be attentive, right? So in all of these, my, my point is, and is in all of this, okay, and even up to the gospel, wisdom, stand right, let us listen to the holy gospel. Again, Wisdom, stand right. Let us be attentive, right? This is, this is a common trend inside of the liturgy and inside of our faith. The deacon is calling us to wisdom. He's calling us to stand to attention and to listen to what's about to be said. Something important is about to take place. So in the first instance, we're hearing this happen because the gospels are being read and the epistles are being read. In the second instance, what we're seeing is we're seeing the, the, the symbol of faith, the creed, being proclaimed by all the people. All the people are coming to, to, to profess this faith. And the church, through the deacon, is saying, in wisdom, let us be attentive. Let us listen to what we are proclaiming. Let us pay attention with 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 heartfelt hearts, right, to what is being said. Okay, so this is extremely important within our uh, within our understanding of the symbol of faith and its importance, right? Because at this point, at this point, we are we are preparing ourselves internally for the reception of these most holy and mystical gifts that. Excuse me, that are have been brought to through the holy doors, and they're on the table, and we are preparing these gifts um, to to be consecrated and to be received. Okay, and so once we go through that, then we it leads us after we've made this profession of faith, right? We are then led over to what it, we are led over to the anaphora, okay, the anaphora. And this is such a very important part. So uh, the one here that I have is actually um, 
the the one for the uh, anaphora of Saint John Chrysostom, the one in the uh, in in the Catechism is the one for the uh, anaphora of Saint Basil the Great. Okay, and so it's it's a truly beautiful anaphora. It's a very truly and beautiful prayer. It describes the entirety of salvation history. Okay, and so you know let's uh, you know just. I'm just going to read a few places in here. It says, O Master, the one who is Lord God, Father Almighty, who deserve worship. It is truly right and proper and fitting the majesty of your holiness to praise you, to him you, to bless you, to worship you, to thank you, to glorify you, who alone are truly God, to offer you with a contrite spirit and heart of humility, uh, a contrite heart and spirit of humility, this our rational worship. For it is you who have granted us the knowledge of your truth. And who can tell of all your acts of power? Make all your praises heard and recount all your wonders at every moment. Okay, no one can. Okay, it's a trick question. But we're about to try to, right? And so, the priest continues. For you fashioned, this is further down, he says, For you fashioned a man by taking dust from the earth and honored him, O God, with your own image. You placed him in the paradise of delight and promised him immortal life and the enjoyment of eternal good things if he kept your commandments. But when he disobeyed you, the true God who had created him, and when he had been led astray by the deception of the serpent and had been slain by his own transgressions, you banished him from paradise into this world by your just judgment, O God, and returned him to the earth from which he had been taken. But in your Christ you established for him the salvation which comes through rebirth. You did not utterly turn away from your creature, O good one, nor did you forget the work of your hands, but you visit us in diverse ways through your compassionate mercy. You sent the prophets. You performed deeds of power through your saints. You have been well-pleasing to you in every generation. You spoke to us through the mouths of your servants, the prophets, announcing to us before this salvation that was to come. You gave the law as a help. You appointed angels as guardians. Okay, so we have three things that are taking place here, right? Three actions of God for God to protect his creation and for God to look look over us and watch over us. God loves us. He loves us more than anything. He has a deep abiding love for us. He has always desired to save us from the very beginning of the fall, right? And since the beginning of time because he knew it was going to happen, right? So he sent us three things. He sent us the prophets, he sent us the saints, and he sent us the angels as guardians, right? And even to today, we can lean upon the prophets, the saints, the angels to protect us from the wiles of the devil, right? And so it continues. It says, And when the fullness of time had come, you spoke to us through your Son, through whom you had also made the ages. He is the brightness of your glory and the express imprint of your substance. He bears all things by the word of his power, yet he did not consider equality with you, God and Father, as something to be grasped. And though he is God before the ages, he appeared on earth and lived among mortals, taking flesh of a holy virgin. He emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being made in the likeness of our lowly body, so that he might make us in the likeness of the image of his glory. Okay, let's pause right there. So what we're seeing here in this portion of the anaphora is we've we've talked about the Old Testament. We talked about the prophets and the saints, the angels that helped get us through the Old Testament. And now we're talking about the incarnation of Christ, the divine word of God sent down to live amongst us. And here in this sentence right here, it tells us what Christ's whole action was about, right? What was the whole action? 
the whole action was the likeness. Uh, do 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 do. Hold on, I just saw it. So that he might make us in the likeness of the image of his glory. Okay, that is such a beautiful statement. Just, just wholly beautiful statement. The likeness of the image of his glory. This goes back to First Peter. That's right. If you've been listening to these podcasts long enough, um, two Peter chapter one verses three through five. Right, that you might become partakers of the divine nature. So we are proclaiming, we are proclaiming this, this fact that Jesus came to empty himself so that he might lift us up into heaven with him, that we might enter into the likeness, the image of his glory, and so that we might overcome death, right? And he continues to say that, continues to say that. So the anaphora, okay, is here to help us to understand these mysteries, okay, so now, what is the purpose of this anaphora, right? And I implore you, again, there have been entire masters, theses, and dissertations written on the anaphora of St. Basil the Great. Why is it so important for us to reflect upon this anaphora, right? And what is its purpose inside of the Divine Liturgy? So what we're actually seeing here is a twofold action, I would say. The first is we're seeing that it is in the divine liturgy to, after we've professed the faith, to call to mind the works of God in salvation, so that we, as we come to this body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist, that we may have brought ourselves to the awareness of the gravity of what we are about to do. We are receiving Christ in the Eucharist. He is present, body, blood, soul, and divinity. He's there. He loves us. He desires us, right? Uh, more so than anything. And so, because of this reason, he is desiring that we should be saved. That we should be saved. And so, as we have now made the profession of faith, we now move into the anaphora, where we reflect upon the salvation, the saving works of God in, in real history, right? And what that divine economia, that divine economy, that divine work means for us. What our goals, what our, our um, we have to check our goals and our intentions at the door now. Because we have not come and not heard the, the, the divine mystery untold. Rather, we have professed our faith and now we enter into the anaphora in which the saving works of God is proclaimed and we have to reflect on God's activity and whether we ourselves are in a place, you know, positively dispositioned where we can glorify God with our lives, right? And that we are truly ready to partake of this most sacred body, blood, son, divinity of Jesus Christ, this, this host, this Eucharist, this Eucharistia, right? This, this gift of thanksgiving, right? And that gift of thanksgiving is twofold. It's a thanksgiving um, of us to God and of course from God to us right it's a two-way street we give ourselves to God by making the profession of faith freely and cognizant action and then we we reflect upon the saving works of God and in return God gives us thankful for our faith thankful for 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 the love that we have for him right 
in his love, he gives to us Christ in the Eucharist. And that is the beautiful thing, right? We participate in the faithfulness of God. When even when our faith is is challenged and struggled, we still turn to him and we say, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. And when we go through, this is the next stage, right? So as we go through, we go through and we start talking about the the the, the profession right before um, right before we receive. I believe and confess, O Lord, that this is truly Christ, the Son of the Living God, who came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the first. Right? We make that profession profession of, of faith. We ask for God's tender love and mercy, and this is the last act that we do before we receive Christ in the Eucharist. What the church is doing here, and we'll get to this, this action now inside of the catechism, the church is preparing us for faith, right? And so what we actually see um, is what we actually see in reality, and let's talk about in reality, is that this, this first section prepares us for what we are about to do. We are about to understand or delve deep into the mystery of Christ through the lens of the church, right, in this catechism. And so now that we have understood the symbol of faith in context, we understand and read the anaphora of St. Basil. Now we are able to enter excuse me, into this activity of Christ um, and of the Holy Spirit in which they are now going to teach us this faith, right? having reflected upon the profession of faith, the symbol, which in all prayer rules, the symbol of faith is, is prayed every day, and multiple times a day, actually. If you do your standard morning prayer, um, that is your standard morning prayer, that is, a, that, that, uh, is the tradition of our church, right? You pray the symbol of faith when you do uh, for morning prayer. When you do evening prayer, the same thing. You pray the symbol of faith. Um, this is a very normal poor part of any type of uh, uh, pre-activity of prayer. Uh, when you do the Jesus prayer, you pray Psalm 50, and you pray the, the, the symbol of faith, right? So in all instances, right, we have this activity in which we pray the symbol of faith. The symbol of faith is very important. It's very important for us to understand and to profess that faith and believe it. And thus, if, if we believe it, right, we are able to be predisposed and and truly be worthy to receive um, the Eucharist. That is, of course, that we don't have any uh, true sins or transgressions on us that might need to be confessed, right? Otherwise, we partake of it unworthily. But we will get to that a lot later, um, later on in this section. So, um, with that, that is that is pretty much where um, I do want to... I, I did want to leave off for today, okay? So this really was just an introduction course, uh, an introduction to the um, to the structure of the catechism and, and kind of what we're doing. And I do want to go, let's go over that real quick. So the catechism has three parts, okay? You have the faith of the church, you have the prayer of the church, and then you have the life of the church, okay? These, it says, this division reflects the very essence of Christian salvation. In the prayer of the Anaphora, while remembering all the events of salvation history, the crown being the Passover of Christ, the church professes the foundational truths of the Christian faith. These truths, along with an explanation of the symbol of faith, are presented in part one of the catechism. So we're going to go through that, right? Uh, traditionally, there are 12 articles of 
the Catechism of the Creed, and we're going to go through all 12. We're going to go through all 12 articles of, of the Creed. Very important uh, for us to do that. We go through part two, the liturgical understanding of Christ's Passover, and then, um, and we'll, we'll definitely talk more about that. And then the last one is uh, by faith and prayer, the church filled with grace for the sanctification of humankind, transformation of all spheres of human existence. So that last part is going to talk about your political life, your social life, and how that kind of plays out um, that in, in being prayerfully remembered in the anaphora, right? So that is where we are. That is uh, going to be our study. Um, and so this is going to be the activity that we partake in for the next 40 weeks. So um, let me see here. I did want to I did want to I did want to bring this up real quick. So our goal here is uh, just just to just so that everyone knows. Uh, so we we're going to continue this this um, this activity of. Uh, of theosis, or, or not theosis, of cate catechesis um, for the period of the next uh, 40 weeks, right? Um, within these 40 weeks, we there's a reading plan. I had posted it um, on the uh, local, christyarhope.locals.com uh, page. I'll try to get a, an updated, I'll have to get an updated uh, version for the reading for next week, Okay. Um, I, I thought I had it on here, and for some odd reason, it doesn't seem to want to show up. So, um, yeah, we I'll, I'll I'll try to post it there um, on crashtrope.locals.com, and we can kind of go from there. I, again, I, I thought that I had, I thought I had, um, I thought I had it on here, but I guess I guess I don't. Um, so yeah, so I, I will I'll get that posted for us. Um, and in other news, uh, I know this this week was a little bit boring. Uh, there's it's just it's really an introductory an introduction to to our course uh, of of adult faith formation for the next uh, uh, forty weeks. Um, we will not meet every week, just so you guys know. Um, I will try to put out a schedule right on uh, christforhope.locals.com. So that you know which weeks uh, that we are going to meet. I'm also going to post the event on Facebook so that you you have have that that schedule as well. Um, yeah, some some weeks we just we just won't meet um, just because uh, school school calendars or whatever the case may be. It just it just isn't opportunistic because I don't think people are going to show up as much. I was a little a little skeptical about um, about tonight and. Um, uh, we, uh, you know, we, we had maybe one, maybe one or two people show it, show up for a bit. So, um, you know, again, if you're not able to make these, it's not a problem. Um, I personally would love for you to join me uh, on the live stream. That way we can talk, we can have a discussion, you know, it's kind of boring sitting here talking to myself. I'm going to be completely honest. Um, I love it whenever people get involved and ask questions, especially if you did the reading beforehand and, and you got into it. Um, but yes, uh, if you are, if you are Eastern Catholic or, or definitely Ukrainian Catholic, you, you need to read this. Uh, you need to read this catechism. It needs to be marked up just as much as your Bible. Um, you know, if your Bible's not, not marked up, you, you need to get into your Bible. Um, and we are going to, we are going to be delving into the Bible a lot in this course. 
Um, so I definitely implore you to get a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, to get a Bible, um, get a Catholic Bible, okay? I know that sounds weird, but get a Catholic Bible. Um, if you're looking for a good Bible, um, mm, that's a hard one. Um, I personally like the RSV version. Um, yeah, I personally like the RSV version. I have my Ukrainian Bible up here. Um, so this is the Ivan Komenko uh, translation. Uh, that's the one that I keep. I keep on my little my little uh, prayer area back there. Um, I got a few different types of Bibles. Um, for catechesis, I have the Didache Bible. Uh, this is a good one. Um, it has all the references into the catechism, and it has the cross-reference scriptures. So that's really useful, um, and, and I really enjoy that portion myself. It, it helps me really be able to go from uh, the scriptures and then go to the catechism. That, it goes to the catechism of the Catholic Church. That would be a really cool uh, project, actually, to do a Bible with the Christ Our Hope Pascha Catechism, the uh, Christ Our Pascha Bible. That, that would be pretty legit. Maybe I'll have to start on that project. Um, but just in general, um, you know, otherwise any, I, I would, I, I personally am a fan of the RSV. Um, I also have the Orthodox study Bible, um, which is another, another, uh, uh, favorite of mine. Um, it, the Orthodox study Bible in most cases does line up more with the, um, with the Jewish English translations. So, I mean, they brought it from the Greek, and the, the Jews brought it from the Hebrew. So if somehow them two are matching, okay, that's a pretty good explanation. That's, that's pretty good on, on your translation, right? Um, so Orthodox Study Bible, that's another great one. Uh, the Ignatius uh, Bible, uh, Didache Bible is another good one. Any RSV, CE Bible, which has all the books, you want all the books, uh, you want Tobit Maccabees, you want all those books, the beautiful books, uh, Wisdom Baruch, all, all of those books are beautiful books. Um, so make sure you have a Catholic edition of the RSV, um, that would be a great one as well. Um, so yeah, so get into your Bible, get into your catechism, and like I said, I, I know that I have not been able to find any more of these um, printed off anywhere, so... Um, and we were actually talking about that uh, whenever I was at, at, a, at a retreat in July. We, we talked about that and um, that you couldn't find it. So um, do what you can to get to get this catechism. Okay, I'm not saying you break the law, right? But I'm saying do whatever you can to get this catechism so you can study it and, and you can, you can uh, become more knowledgeable inside of it. So um, another great book um, as we progress through, okay, um, uh, this is a new book that I, I honestly just uh, just recently picked up, and and it's been just been super awesome. Um, this one is uh, a commentary of the Byzantine Divine Liturgy, right um, by uh, Melatia Solovy. Uh, um, great book, also. Um, I have another one over here called Time for the Lord to Act. That's another great book on uh, the liturgy, especially in regards to the. Um, Divine Liturgy, right? Um, this one is by uh, Very Reverend Arch Pre Archpriest David Petrus. Okay? Um, I think he's Ruthenian, actually. 
uh, out of the Ruthenian uh, Catholic Church. So that's another great book um, to, to look into if you're trying to look into some liturgical studies. Um, what else do we got? Um, yeah, so that, I think that's it. I think that's it. So I'm not going to, I don't want to keep you guys any, any more, right? Um, but in the event that you do have questions in, in the reading, I, like I said, I'm going to try to post the, the readings uh, for next, for next, uh, for next week. Excuse me, so that you can, you guys can, you know, maybe get involved and, and read those if you're going to join us for the class the whole the whole forty weeks. If not, just know that, um, and you're just going to come sporadically. That's fine too. Uh, everyone is more than welcome. I implore you to tell your friends. Um, and and yeah, so also uh, like and subscribe to our page, um, our YouTube page, um, Christ Our Hope uh, Community. Um, so uh, this is this is uh, you know uh, my uh, personal YouTube ministry, um, and and my means of catechizing and trying to teach others the faith, and trying to help help those who may not have access to adult faith formation. Um, you know, a lot of our parishes uh, adult faith formation is 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 uh, is sketch or not sketch, but it's it's uh, just what's the best word to use there. Um, it's just not possible because of commuter parishes, right? So if you guys are interested in, in joining me in, in this 40-day uh, exploration of the Ukrainian Catholic Catechism, feel free. Um, and also, like I said, if you're not able to make the class, um, I do have it on the podcast, so we will uh, continue continue in, in, in that um, realm. Um, and you can see those on Christ Our Hope um, uh, on Apple Podcasts. So... Most people these days have, a, have, an, have an Apple phone. Um, I'm still trying to get it on Spotify and a, and a couple others. So uh, with that being said, um, let's, let's go ahead and end this out of a prayer, right? In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. It is truly right to bless you, Holy Theotokos, the ever-blessed, immaculate, the mother of our God. More honorable than the cherubim, by far more glorious, beyond compare than the seraphim. Ever a virgin, you gave birth to God the Word. O true Mother of God, we magnify you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, everybody, for uh, joining me um, today. And, um, and and those of you that uh, plan to join me um, on the podcast, um, I look forward to, uh, to, to uh, you know, if you guys want to contact, just go to the YouTube page. Leave your comments there, and I'll be uh, more than happy to answer whatever comments you have. I'll be more than happy to answer your questions. So, as we move through this great journey into the the the, the, the Christ or Pascha Catechism. So, with that being said, um, thank you all of you. Glory to Jesus Christ, and I will see you next week. <laughs>